Hello, all you crazy... What did she say on the Tiger King thing? Cats and kittens, is that it? Bringing that back. Should I bring that back? I might bring Mr. Uh, Mr. Evil, Dr. Evil's little pinky thing back as well. One billion dollars. Because stuff is cyclical, isn't it? Sounds like I planned this, but this is the first thing I thought of. Stuff is cyclical. Just like cool new metal style clothing. Like, remember when everyone wore like basketball jerseys? It's funny. Why would I be telling you that other than maybe I'm wearing a cool basketball jersey, the downbeat? basketball jersey in the team a team's colors that sort of sounds like the schmele schmakers um but with some cool pinstripes and embroideries and uh all sorts of cool stuff it'd be weird if you could get that at www.thedownbe.at so it spells downbeat immediate plug guess what this episode is brought to you by no one and if you want to be included there Give me some money, basically. Quite a lot, if I'm honest with you, because it's a big episode. I'm going to just give you a little rundown, guys, what's happening now with the pod. You are potentially watching. You might be listening. It doesn't matter. I love you all the same. You are potentially watching the future of The Downbeat. Thanks to the people at the Patreon, patreon.com slash The Downbeat. I have spent so much goddamn money. I nearly didn't say goddamn then, and I was like, that's a fucking pentagram for the logo. So much money so that the dream can be realized. Three 4K cameras, camera switcher, hot fucking guests. You're about to find out. I even went and I got a new apartment I haven't moved into yet. Um, Deliberately, because there's a room that will look sick for the podcast. This is the future of the podcast. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone on the Patreon because I could not have done it without you because it costs a lot of money. If you want to sling as a quid, it's patreon.com slash the downbeat. Anyway, boom. The real reason you're here is for this star-studded episode of the downbeat with Andrew Hurley from Fallout Boy. What a fucking big guest. What a legend. It came out of nowhere, really. I sort of explained it on the podcast, but... I was like, I was scrolling Instagram and there's a photo of Fallout Boy and he's wearing a Watane shirt and then it like unlocked a memory where I was like, hang on, I know this guy is fucking legit. He's in vegan straight edge hardcore bands. He loves metal. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll come on the podcast. Sent him a DM. He replied straight away. He said some nice stuff about me, which is always good, isn't it? And then he came down. Came into my kitchen, which will soon, you know, bear with me, it will soon be an actual podcast studio. Came into my kitchen with the new gear set up. We talked about metal. We talked about the time he soundchecked for Behemoth. We barely talked about Fallout Boy. We talked about Dungeons and Dragons. He's an avid D&D player, and I, like, want to be. I used to play Warhammer and shit when I was a kid. I feel like D&D is, like, even nerdier version of that, so I'm fucking keen. Um, he like explains that to me. We talked about, you know, how he enjoyed his lockdown. Then his dream festival is the most extravagant one yet. It's absolutely unbelievable. And it sort of mashed two worlds together. The dream festival we figured out is basically musical D&D. And he got really into it. We didn't know each other. So the first sort of like maybe half an hour is us getting to know each other. The minute he gets into that dream festival, and I see there's a moment where, if you're watching this on YouTube, 
you see his eyes light up when he realizes the dream festival is truly a dream festival and he can do whatever he wants. Uh, and it became like Dungeons and Dragons dream festival. It was an absolute pleasure. Fallout Boy are currently on the Hella Mega Tour with Green Day, Weezer, Fallout Boy, and I think Amel and the Sniffers are on pretty select dates, which is awesome. That band rocks. Um, I'm going later today, so I've got to stop doing this. Enjoy Andrew Hurley on the Downbeat Podcast. And we are now live. Excellent. Andrew Hurley of, <laughs> of Fallout Boy fame. Yep. Race Traitor. Yep, yep. Sect. Mm-hmm. A slew of other vegan straight edge hardcore bands, hardcore bands, yep. metal bands. How are you? Doing well. Doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. If anyone want, wants to know the story behind what just happened with this, I saw Fallout Boy were playing in Glasgow in two days' time. No, in fact, this is what happened. We, sp- we spoke about this earlier. Yep. I saw a girl called Kitty who, at the Kerrang Awards, styled Fallout Boy. And, or some of, or something. She was doing something there. And, you know, when people make a video and they're like, oh, here you go. And then they showed a picture of Fallout Boy, and there you are with a Wattain shirt on, mm-hmm. and the penny just fucking dropped. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot that you're into the heavy shit, and you're in town in two days. So I just slid in those DMs. Yep. <laughs> and you, you replied within yeah. like minutes. Yeah. Uh, were you playing a show that day? Um, I th- no, I don't think so. I think that was a day off. I can't believe it. I think it, it could have been the Huddersfield show, but I think it was a day off. There was a show I, in Huddersfield? Yeah. What was the venue? Um, I don't know. Stadium. Oh, like the football stadium. Yep. I was going to say, I can't think of an entire venue like big enough, but obviously Huddersfield Town football stadium must have been. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. So then that got my brain ticking about things. Mm-hmm. to do with you liking metal and I was like oh I remember when I went down a rabbit hole of checking everything out a while back and the number one thing that I want to speak to you about the reason I want you in this kitchen other yep. than to make you a lovely coffee when you sound check with behemoth oh yeah yeah where was it um so Andrea or Dre as I refer to her uh who's in race trader um she was driving Wolves in the Throne Room, who was on that tour. One of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, yeah, they're great. Fuck yeah. So she hit me up because she's in town. So we went out to eat. And she's like, hey, so, and I love Behemoth. And she's like, hey, so they do like a sound check and they bring fans up to play. Like, would you want to do that? Because I could get that to happen. And I'm just like, no, nah, there's no way. Like, I'm not ready. Super embarrassed. And she's just like, dude. You got to do it because she hits someone up and they were like, yeah, let's have them do it. So I was like, fuck, I have to do it. Yeah. It was like a, my chance to do, to do it. So I just like went home, listened to the the song. I can't even remember what song it was. It's something off the Satanist, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like over and over played in the car, like, you know, tapping and then got there, uh, 
I get on, I meet them. They're super cool. Get on stage. They start the track and I have no idea what the, like what their counting is. They don't have a counting. Like we have a counting that's five, six, seven, eight for every song. And there's some songs where I, I count in with it. So it'll be one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, right? They didn't have a counting. So it just starts and I didn't come in because I have no idea what. what. They just had like raw, just what, however many clicks before yeah, it started. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's just like click and then, and then it goes, you know, because it has a big intro or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was super embarrassing. And they're like, and so that, you know, they explain like, oh, we come in here. And then I, I wouldn't say I nailed it. No, you ripped it. I've just seen the video and I revisited it this morning. There's as a well. few things happening. One thing that happened is the the throne, like the I don't know if this was a prank they pulled on me or something. I feel like it could have been. But the throne, the 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 legs, like I, I don't like I have a DW throne, which is just solid, you know. Yeah. But this one, the the thing dropped, the middle dropped, so the legs were up. So it was like I could see it in the video. So I was yeah, holding myself up, I, which was brutal. I I saw in the video. I could see. I was like looking at it this morning, and I was like, "Is that a butt kicker?" Or like, because well, you there was, are, yeah, yeah, that as well. Because you are literally. But, but that's why. Because I was like, and I was like, "Hey, can you get this thing?" And they're just like, "I don't know." And I'm like, Maybe "Dude, I have to hold myself up with a song I've just learned. Like I've heard it a lot." But it you was fucking awesome. ripped it though. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. band is fucking. I, I fucked up the the ride because I was super nervous. So I was so I was tight and I was like rushing it a little bit. But it was it was so much fun. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. What is, did they like? Did like Nurgle or anyone say anything? They knew it was you, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't think yeah. it was like. I think he. I thought he said something. When I, I went up. I can't remember I in there. Yeah. But like, as long as they knew you weren't just a fan. They do. The drama from Fallout Boy. Yeah. That's fucking sick. It's very cool. Because some of the like, some of the race trader stuff, there's crazy fast double kick in that as well. You got like mm-hmm. mad double kick chops. Sucked to a little bit. Yeah. Sex got, sex got more blasts in it. Yeah. More yeah. Blasts. Race sec- trader has more like, uh, consistent double bass. Yeah. So we just did a show last month and it was brutal just because I'm so out of practice for that. And I was, pra- you know, I was practicing once or twice a week at home. We had a few practices together, but like live, it's just such a different energy and I'm playing harder. Is that your first show? That heavy first show heavy back. show back. Yeah. Since. was a double header with sect and race trader. Oh no. So also it was like, I haven't played, these songs in three years, I seriously didn't practice. I practiced maybe twice during lockdown. What? Drums at all? Drums at all. I don't practice. Like I, I, I met Tomas people. once from Meshuggah and I was like, hey, what do you do to practice? And he was like, I don't practice. I go fishing. And I was Hang like, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind. That's sick. Rewind that. Yeah. Rewind that. Thomas Hart. What you were just hanging out with him? Uh, the damn things, another band yeah, yeah, was yeah. in with like Scotty Ann and Joe from Fall Boy and some other people. Keith, uh, we when uh, we put the first record out, we did a bunch of like kind of metal 
you know, rock festivals in Europe. And we had one with Meshuggah and he, I don't know, I guess the room was somewhere near ours and I saw him and I was just like, Hey man, I'm a huge fan, whatever, you know, as you would super cool. Yeah. I actually met him again. He was at race trader open for refused right before the pandemic. And he came to the, uh, New York show. Fuck. Yeah. Just cool. Yeah. Oh, refuse, refuse. Are they, I think maybe refuse are from the same town uh, in Sweden. They might be. I think they're, they're from Umia and I, I don't know. I, th- I believe they're from, Umia. I think, yeah. Umia has, I, I feel Umia, like, I don't know. I feel, I, maybe Kovaluna as well. Like I know there's like something in the water. Well, there's something there. in the water in Sweden. Sweden oh, has yeah, my favorite yeah. bands, whether it's, you know, Entombed, Dismember, like Sweet Death, or whether it's like black metal, if it's from Sweden, I like it. Yeah. For the most part. Hard to agree. Yeah. Like. Um, like Droney, I, Metal, Cult of Luna. It's, it's also good. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's so, <clears throat> I feel like I want to phrase the question without like being rude. <laughs> yeah. So how the fuck are you in Fallout Boy? But you're obviously like super fucking into metal. Was there no like when Fallout Boy was coming up? Was there no point where you went, "I'm gonna do"? Uh, did you just stay involved in heavy? Mm-hmm. So they always moved in tandem. Although Fallout Boy got incredibly bigger. So- yeah, pretty much. I mean, I w- I was always doing like side projects. Uh, I mean. Pete from Fall Out Boy was in Race Trader at different points, and he's like the first oh, vegan wow. straight edge person I met uh, at a, I can't, it might have been Earth Crisis show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I'm from. Uh, so I've known him, you know, well before the band, and we did a ton of projects together. And then Fall Out Boy was kind of just, I think at that point, uh, we had been doing like race trader and all this political hardcore for so long. And the hardcore scene kind of took a, you like a different path where it was kind of more just fashion and like not about anything yeah. as much, which, you know, makes sense. Cause I think music is cyclical yeah. and, you know, being super political or super nihilist. Uh, and so Fall Out Boy was just kind of something as a palate cleanser, something for fun, something that wasn't as serious. It was just about having a good time. And I actually wasn't in it at first. They had me fill in for a tour, then uh, record like a demo thing, which became Take This to Your Grave. And the rest is history, I guess. It just kind of happened the way it did. Fuck. Totally unexpectedly. That's awesome. And then you just, this is, so this is what, like, I guess I've never, I've always been in heavy bands, like always. So if I was in a band that wasn't as heavy, I guess I would maybe try and scratch the itch. But you fucking have like 11 scratches getting itched. So many fucking side projects. Do you think that comes from needing, although if you don't practice, but like, yeah. Do you think it comes from needing that aggression? Yeah, for sure. I, I well about the not practicing thing. I think for so long I just I'm never not slagging you off. Oh no no no! I know I know. I, I don't mind if you were, but <laughs> like I think just being in so many bands and I was doing, 
you know, at, at least every weekend stuff with one of the bands or, you know, a bunch of the bands, uh, and, you know, doing tours constantly. So I was never off. Yeah. And I think lockdown was just kind of a welcome forced vacation because I was just so burnt out on doing it all and not having the ability to say no that I just didn't want to touch drums. And then when I did, it was kind of depressing. Like, well, what's the point? I'm not going to do anything. And I've never, I'm a person who got to a level that I can play in bands with, uh, you know, the kind of music I want. I'm good with that. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not the greatest drummer and that's totally fine with me. I, I, you know what I mean? Shut like up. I, I just want to play with friends, you know, and, and behemoth yeah, yeah. in a sound check. Like yeah. you're fucking good. Come on, calm down. <laughs> All right. So, but like, yeah, it wasn't until last summer when fall boy did, you know, a tour again that I was just like, man, I really wish I did. Cause it took like two weeks to get the confidence, I guess, back to, okay, I, I know what I'm doing again. But yeah, I think, back back to your question, I do think, you know, like, it is an itch I want to scratch in all as many different ways as I can because all the bands are, you know, a little different yeah. in, in ways. They're all, they're all fucking angry. Yeah. They're all fucking standing for, for sure. something, which is fucking cool. But I do think at this point, as I get older and like settle down with, you know, my partner and our three dogs and after having been home for two, two and a half years, like I don't want to do as much, but at the same time, I guess, you know, I told you I did a race trader and sect had like, we did yeah. a festival like a month ago. As soon as I did that, I was like, what can I do? Like, I want to do everything. You know? I think I, from this, is my therapist's <laughs> yeah. answer is like. You know what you think you should be, and you're trying to be that, yeah, which yeah. is trying to calm down and do less, but yep. it's not you. It's, yes. it's in you. Yes. So fucking I think that is rage. true. I want to touch on two things before I forget what you said. Don't want to talk too much about lockdown and shit like that, because in fucking 10 years, hopefully, no one's yeah. going to care. Yep. But you said it was a welcome break. Does that mean you like dealt with it good? Because I dealt oh, with dude, it. I, I would... dealt with it terribly. <laughs> I loved it. Oh my god! I mean, I'm, I'm so just, jealous. With Fallout Boy, we like we're friends. We hang out at shows. Like once in a while, we'll see a movie together or go out to eat. But for the most part, on days off and stuff, we do our own thing. And I'm I've always been really good at like like having you know books to read. I read comics and movies and shows and games. So like. I guess it's, you know, having a, a bunch of friends that I've been friends with since I was a kid that, you know, we had Discord, we played Call of Duty a ton, like, I just had stuff to do, and like, I guess didn't, wasn't able to do it as much as I wanted before because I was always gone, so it was nice to kind of reconnect with with old friends, and even though we couldn't see each other, I mean, I, I, I think it was, uh, what's the word? It's like a contradiction or like there's a duality to it. Like yeah. I, I was really good with it and I loved it in one way, but in the other way it was so existentially dreadful and like depressing in, in a way that I think, you know, will take a lot of people a long time to kind of work through because 
Yeah, it, it was I'm, wild. I'm, I'm completely fucked. Still. I remember going to the grocery store like every time, and everyone's wearing masks, and just being like, "This is insane." It's like a movie, and this is like months and months and months after it started. Yeah, where I'm like, "This, this is nuts." I watched a like a talk show just came on like a repeat on TV. It was a talk show, and it was from pandemic time, and everyone was socially distanced on this talk show. A bit like what we are right now, but like. Even then, I was like, oh, my God, that looks weird. And that was yeah, only, like, totally. last year. Yep. So that's why I don't want to go on about it too much. Yeah. But the I think maybe taking what you did, which was take time away from drums, and then, like you said, when you started to play them again, or the times that you did, it became horrible because you thought you th- it makes you think about the situation. That happened to me because I was just trying – I was just trying to put out drum stuff and do drum stuff and the podcast stuff to do with music during the pandemic. And, but the more I did it, the more it just underlined, like we don't know when this is going to end and everything goes back to normal. And then something would come up that would be difficult because of the pandemic and it would blow everything like a guest or something like that. And I would just be like, Oh fuck. But if I just sat and played video games, I don't like video games. That's my problem. I try so hard. <laughs> I try so hard. I've got them. I've got Call of Duty and I'll sit there and I'll, I'll do like three hours intensive and then I won't touch it again for like six months. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Why yeah. it's not in me. It used I'm, to be. I'm a gamer, so. It used to be in me. I used to be and then it just left me. Yeah. How do I get back in? I mean, that's it? the thing. I think I could just play games forever because I've actually. Single player or multiplayer? Uh, I mean both, but single player mostly. So I love uh, JRPGs, Japanese role-playing games like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. And during uh, lockdown stuff, I started playing through... I had a goal to play through all the Final Fantasy games because they re-released them, like pixel remasters of 1 through 6. And I came in, I think as four was about to be released. So then I started playing through them. I played, I played through one through seven final fantasy and I just beat dragon quest five yesterday. Oh wow. So you're after st- 72 hours still going in. Yeah. So I played final fantasy one through seven dragon quest one through five. I'm on six now. So like, and, and those are all games that are like, you know, 40 see, to 80 hours. See, I like, I don't know what my, it's not even beef with games. Like, Final Fantasy VII, when that came out, PS1, I played that to fucking death. Stuff like that, stuff that is like deliberately fantasy, I kind of love. I've got a Switch, don't get me wrong, like Mario Kart, I'll play Mario Kart, I'll play like, go back through N64 games, fucking Banjo-Kazooie, shit like that. I love all that stuff, but then, so I bought a PlayStation to when The Last of Us came out, and everyone was Mm -hmm. like, it's the best thing ever. And I just couldn't get, I was like, I just couldn't get into it. And I was so annoyed at myself because I was like, <laughs> if this was a movie, I would love it. I like, I would just get frustrated at it. And it's so annoying because I see all of my friends have this extra hobby. Yeah. I have no hobbies other than like drums and the gym. And I feel like I need one more. Yeah. And it's gonna, it, to I, I want it to be games. There's a different one, which also that you play, which I want to talk about later on, Yeah, which I was thinking about maybe this more physical form of game might be more up my street, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Um, 
where was I on my pandemic? Ah, fuck the pandemic. I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> I'm off the pandemic shit. That's fine. Um, so, oh fuck it. We might as well just go straight into what I was talking about because we're on a roll. Mm. I've lost it. Talk to me about D and D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know anything about it at all. I don't know. It, it didn't really pop off here. Like when, like when I was at school, there was like maybe think maybe two or three kids or however many kids you need to play it that played it and i didn't there wasn't like an after school club or anything like that but i always remember seeing it and when i was a kid i used to read like i mean fucking still as an adult if slightly problematic like hp lovecraft and stuff like that like so i love all of that shit but i never got into it and then i can't remember where i saw I read something that you play D&D and I have a couple of other friends in America that play D&D. And I'm like, okay. Talk to me about it as if I'm a complete fucking beginner <laughs> and I have no idea. I I'm, mean, it's basically just like getting together with friends and telling the story, really. But, it, you know, there's built-in mechanics depending on what system you're playing for, you know, rolling dice to figure out, you know, d- damage and all that kind of crap. But it's mainly just like getting into a story, whether it's, you know, you're, la- you're all laughing or you're all super serious. Like you can role play the character like super, cr- you know, crazily, like become the character, talk like a character. I don't do that. I more play it to be as funny as possible, find the funny moments. Okay. Uh, so, because like, I still don't even know how, like, how that, <laughs> yeah. how you would even get a, get to that so just talk me through a game of it okay so there's a a, like a gm or dm a game master or dungeon master uh dungeon master i think is trademarked by dungeons and dragons it's a fucking cool name so that's why (laughs) there's two different names but so the dungeon master like runs the game and they can either run a game off of like a a module or like a pre-written game that you can just buy and that has all the stats and like what the adventure, what the story is, what the adventure is, like what the villains are. So they run the game. Then all the characters, all the player characters, like roll characters that they make up. Or if you're playing a module, sometimes it has pre-written characters or pre-made characters. And then you just, I mean, I think it's more fun when you roll your characters up because you get to pick like, you know, what kind of character it is. Is it like, you know, a human or an elf or a dwarf or an orc or whatever? Or is it like, you know, a warrior or a ranger or a, a mage or a spellcaster, you know, stuff like that? Uh, and that can all kind of go with, like, who you are as a person. I like to play rangers a lot because I'm vegan and it seems like nature-based and all that. Uh, and then you just... The, the dungeon master kind of leads you through the adventure. They, they like, tell you where you are, where you're starting. They make that up or that's written down for them? Either. Like, th- there are... You can buy pre-made adventures or, or download them for free or whatever. Or I have a lot of friends who write stuff for, for you to play. Uh, that's cool. That's what, yeah. See, that's where every time I've seen it, I'm like, this seems, like, creative. It's yes. not just, And that's like, the whole point. The point is to sit around and kind of make up a story as you go, you know? That's fucking awesome. And then how do you win? I mean, you don't. You don't <laughs> you win. Just kinda, I mean, you win by like, it, 
It, it depends on what the the story is. Like if you're just going into a, a dungeon and and trying to clear it and beat the main bad guy or so whatever. How do the, so I'm really sorry for like cutting in because I'm in my <laughs> head. Okay. I'm trying to piece it good. together. But like, so how do the dice rolls? Like, so let's say you do need to go to the dungeon, yeah. and beat this big fucking BDSM <laughs> dragon man, half yeah. man, half dragon orgy fuck fest thing yeah. how do you roll the dice to do that to, to so, win so i mean normally you're just walking around exploring and sometimes like the dungeon master will have you roll to like explore you know let's say a wall to see if you could climb it or something like oh. do you have the right skills so you'll have like you know strength agility uh i can't remember the charisma like i can't remember the other ones but like like it'll be based on different skills that you have. Can you solve this puzzle, like a trap door or a locked door that has a trap in it? Can you like open the door without triggering the trap? Can you disarm the trap? Do you forget to say I have I want to check for traps, and then you open a door, and then there's a trap, and you potentially die. So that's part of it is just exploring. Then the second part is if you find you know, the bad guys, and then you have to fight. Then you roll for initiative. So you usually for D&D, it's a 20-sided die, and you roll for initiative, highest number, a 20, which is like a a natural crit, or a 1 is a is like a natural failure, I guess. So that's the worst, the you know, natural failure, the worst thing happens, yeah. or a crit, which is the best kind of success, something extra good happens. So, but for initiative, you're just rolling to see what order you go in. So if the higher you roll, you go first. Yeah. And then when you're actually fighting, you have, you know, a sword, let's say. So your, your sword, you have to roll, or, or you have to roll against, you know, the enemy's AC armor class or, you know, whatever it is. To be able to hit them, you have to roll a 15 or above, which you don't know. The dungeon master knows. So you roll the, the D20. Oh. And sometimes you, you have like a weapon that has a plus three. So you, you roll, or, or I, I don't, I, I'm, I haven't no, played for no, a minute. No, you're making sense because in my head it's piecing it together when I hear like, or I see on like fucking Stranger Things or whatever someone's playing D&D. And they say like the plus three and yep, the roll. Yep. And I'm like, so that way, if you roll a fi- like a twelve and it's a fifteen, you get a plus three. Now you got a fifteen. Now you hit that. So that's like Final Fantasy. Now Exa- like- it's the same thing, except yeah. Final Fantasy calculates it for you. Yeah. But like, then after that, you roll your damage with which is whatever your weapon is. It's like a two d eight, let's say, or two d ten. So you have to, you know different sided die that you roll however many and then add that up sometimes that'll have a plus to it or or, you know some potion or spell that is on you will give you a plus and then that's the damage you saying this but that's the thing So, so some people play just to play our character or tell a story some people play because they love the numbers they love crunching numbers and figuring out how to like min max is what it's called like your character to to be as strong as it possibly can which is the same for like you know role-playing games on video games yeah 
And is that the same as like Magic the Gathering? Like, is that uh, the s- how the Magic the Gather- Gathering's cards? Yeah, but the same concept with the numbers and shit. Not really. Fuck. I mean, it, it is in a way because I know people because play that. Want, I don't understand you, it either. I mean, I don't play Magic, but I, I guess I used to. Like when it first came out for one minute, you want to have the best. Deck. Do you beef Magic? Because it sounds like you might beef Magic. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's not my thing, but I just never got into card games a ton. But you want to have like the best deck, which I guess is a similar thing. You're just, uh, yeah, it works that, different because it's a little more random, I think. I mean, I guess rolling dice is random too, but there's something to me tactical, tactically yeah. about. And I think with like the card shit, why that maybe hasn't resonated with me either is like you can buy your way to being oh, really good. That's, yeah. You can't buy your way to being fucking good at rolling a dice. And it can be super expensive. Like magic or Pokemon or whatever, because you want to get the best cards and yeah. they're worth a ton. But like, you can just buy the best deck. Whereas Dungeons and Dragons, you just need the rule book, one person to have the rule book, or you could download it on the internet or go to a library. Like, that's all you need. The rest is in your mind. You I'm can play stop. with mini- minis, like miniature. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, Is there like a board? A or? But you don't have to. You can just play in your mind. So like on during the lockdown, I had a group of friends that's where we played me. Call of Duty a ton, and we played Dungeons & Dragons once or twice a week. How did, did you meet up for that? And you just played on Discord. Nice. So we all just got in Discord. Then there's different like apps on the computer. I can't remember the one we used. Roll20, I guess. And it will have like a map that you all play. It's kind of clunky or was then. And then you kind of see it on the map. We stopped playing with it at some point and then just started, you know, explaining what we're doing. But it's just super fun because you're just, you know, messing around with friends like like your kids. Like like the creative side of it plus the competitive side. I think I'm in. I yeah. think I'm, how many people do you need to play it? Uh, I'd say bare minimum, like four. I don't have I think four five, friends. Five is good. <laughs> it's because you have... want one DM and then four uh, players maybe. So what's the D- I'm not going to spend a whole fucking thing talking about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the DM is just chilling and showing everyone else the game though. He's not like, he or she or they is not like part of the... No, they're just the... They control the bad guys or whatever. Or nice. like if there's NPCs, like non-player characters that come in. So it's not boring for them no, is what I'm it's asking. probably the most fun for them because they have to do prep work to get ready, to know what the story is, know where you're starting, know where it could possibly go. Though the whole point is to go where you don't think it will go. How long is a game? My last question is I mean, how long is a game? I feel like three hours probably at minimum to... Like, you could do an hour and a half, but you kind of want to let it go. But you could play six, nine hours. You could play as long as you want. It's fucking awesome. But that's the point. You kind of prep, like, how long will this adventure... Yeah. The The campaign's the the macro. Okay. The maybe... uh, The... uh, What's it broken up into? I blank on simple words sometimes. No, me too. But just, like, the adventure of the the day or whatever. Oh, so you play like one game, but then that's part of the larger thing. Yeah, yeah. You'll just do like a section of a story. So usually the DM will be like, before their prep work will be, this is what they think the natural cutoff point will be. Like my gaming group, we 
we dicked around so much. We took forever to like do stupid shit because we were just joking around and, you know, like laughing and whatever. So it took forever. So we'd oftentimes have to cut it before I think the DM planned, but you know, a good DMs kind of good at they're, they're adaptive. They're good at working with the personalities of their players, I guess. They I'm know stoked. what works. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to play a game and I'm yes. going to let you well, know. Well, there's a lot. There's like Mothership is one I love. That's like a zine. They're actually doing a, a second edition pretty soon that they kickstarted last year, I guess. And it's like a kind of a sci-fi like Aliens oh, where sick. it's like super brutal. It's it's all single, uh, single adventures, like single games where where usually it's kind of like a totally a a lot of the big adventures written for it are based on like you know there's some corporation that wants to that's mining some space colony and then there's like crazy aliens that are super deadly and usually you die so i've played a few times and every time we died in amazing ways where like you know you shoot through the the uh the the side of the of the spaceship and everything blows up or you know just, and then it's just done yeah but it's fun it's you just you're making shit up and having a good time mothership's my favorite i think it's super easy to play it's super rules light so it's it's not super clunky in the like you don't have to learn a ton you can kind of just pick it up and play uh and then there's stuff like pathfinder that's pretty rules heavy there's a lot to learn. I'm going with Mothership. I'm starting with Mothership. Mothership's great. But I played, a, so I went, I used to go to like gaming conventions a lot and I went to Gen Con, which is one of the bigger ones in the States at least. I think one of the original ones in the world, uh, which comes from Geneva Convention because Lake Geneva is where Gary Gygax, who created Dungeons and Dragons is from. So oh. the Lake Geneva Convention, which is where he used to be. And then it, moved to Milwaukee where I'm from and then it moved to Indianapolis because of hotel stuff and all that. That's uh, a big move. Yeah. <laughs> Geneva to Milwaukee. <laughs> but well, Lake Geneva, which is in Wisconsin. Oh, not, not Gene- not Geneva that's why I'm like, so, yeah. okay. Cause you're like Geneva convention. Yeah. Lake Geneva I thought of convention. That, but Lake in Geneva my convention. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's not far then. Sorry, my, but, my geography in the States is terrible. <laughs> it's all good. But I played at a Gen Con, a, a Star Wars role-playing game with this like uh, game master, which is the non-D&D version of it. You're a not going to get sued for saying that. Yeah. yeah. So the GM we were playing with is like one of the best GMs who, who's ever run a game for me. It was unbelievable. And it felt, it was a Star Wars game, and it felt like a movie. Like we were all in a movie the way that he ran it. It was That's fucking if you awesome. get someone who's good at it, who's who's good at running a game, it's amazing. I'm stuck. Because you're just you're just like picturing it through your mind's eye, like as you're playing. I feel and just like thinking I, about these epic ways you can I feel like you lose that as like yeah, an totally. adult. Yeah, yeah. I think I've lost that. Yep. But it's in there because I love fucking fantasy shit. Yeah. Like, I that's why I love fantasy. That's why I love comics. A lot of the writers I love, like Grant Morrison, who's from Scotland. Grant Morrison. There's a... F- um, so, do you know Daniel P. Carter? You must know Daniel P. Carter from the Radio 1 Rock Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, him and... 
Josh Middleton from Architects always turned me on to some Grant Morrison shit. I'm not sure if Grant Morrison's been on Dan's podcast, but I think he was like due to or something. But nice. he's like a fucking super. Some of those comic book guys, like the OG ones, are like super interesting characters. Oh, yeah. Grant Morrison's one of my favorite writers of all time, up there with like Alan Moore, but also super interesting. They have a sub stack now that's uh, they're putting out like comics through, but also talking about like kind of a retrospective of their career and their bibliography. And they just did one about like, they just did like a question and answer thing that lasted like five posts, you know, pretty long. And it was, wait, what's the sub stack? A sub stack is like a a blog kind of, uh, application or whatever you want to call it site where a lot of comic writer so Substack in a push to I think you know gain more market share or whatever got a bunch of had a grant for a bunch of comic writers that I love like Jeff Lemire who's from Canada who did uh, uh what's it called Sweet Tooth which is a Netflix show with I like a, a, a like it. a deer antler kid Kind of actually came good. out around the Sounds same good. time as Sugar Going Down, which is kind of weird, which has, uh, which is a video of Fall Boys, which had an I know, kid. I know that song. Come on. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Give me that. It, but they kind of came out around the same time, which is very weird. But like Jeff Lemire has one. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, who's a comic writer I love. Grant Morrison. But uh, Grant Morrison's. James Tinian. Grant Morrison's Swamp Thing. Is no, that that's right? Alan Moore. Alan Moore is Grant Morrison's thing. Animal Man, Invisibles. Alan Moore is Watchmen. Yes. And V for Vendetta. Yep, yep. Got it. See, I've read like again, not a mass I was a when I was a kid, I was massively into comics. And I read the big ones when they came out. And then again, I just dropped off. You know what? I think I got the actual depression and then everything dropped <laughs> off and that was it. The, the timeline like syncs up where it's just like, oh, I just don't care yeah. about anything anymore. Except music because it can make me more depressed. Yeah, true. Beam it in. Um, let's stay on. Like, I'm sorry for you just teaching me a million things. Oh, it's right? fine. But, but Grant Morrison and Alan Moore are both super interesting and like they're both magicians in weird different ways, but it kind of speaks and, and Grant Morrison in this Substack Q and a talks a lot about his magical thinking and magical process and what he's into. And it's, it kind of speaks to that, like creativity and imagination and like, you know, like not losing touch with that, this, you know, this thing that's such a human experience. Like the creation of art as a magical process kind of is is something that i've talked before with daniel picata and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure grant morrison has been on his podcast yeah because i remember him talking about like i know alan moore had been yeah yeah that was an amazing episode yeah unbelievable just the way he speaks and everything about him and his like i'm sure in that podcast I want to talk about another podcast while we're on this (laughs) podcast but it is a great podcast someone who isn't me with daniel picata but just like, I'm pretty sure it's the Alan Moore one and he's talking about, I trying to apply it to drumming sometimes, which is fucking sounds lame to even to try and say it because drumming is such a different thing. But Alan Moore is talking about 
it's like putting the intention into every single fucking stroke or every single piece of his art and oh, yeah, yeah. like manifesting things that have nothing to do with the art while he's doing it. I think that's... Yeah. But that's what I love about... My favorite drummers are that, you know? Like Chuck Biscuits, the first four Danzig records. Yeah. It's like pretty fucking simple, but just that fill in mother. That's one of the greatest fills of all time. It's a fill that I could never in my life. If it comes on in a rock club, every single person in the club plays the fill. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could never write a fill like that. I just, it's, it's you got some moments. Don't make me start. Don't (laughs) make me start unveiling my knowledge of fallout boy but there are films like that in fallout boy and people also do those ones well uh, i'm too close to it i guess okay okay so while i was making a lovely water (laughs) you told me grant morrison may have been straight edge yep back in the day and then we talked about just you guys didn't listen to this because you weren't here um but we talked about how, like, maybe when you got into magic, you got mushroomy. And then you said, I'm all for that, but you are straight edge. Yeah. What, what's the deal? I don't know. I just have an appreciation for mind-expanding drugs. But you I don't guess. do... But yeah. you, how, so how long have you been straight edge? Uh, shit. Since 1994? Five? How old were you then? How old am I now? How old were you then? Then. And I'll figure it out. <laughs> I think I was 15 and I'm 42. And you went straight edge from having done stuff? Yeah. Or yeah. It, I, I was drinking and smoking weed. And then you got into the straight edge movement specifically? Well then, or you just I mean, stopped? it was basically I had a falling out with my mom because my dad died when I was five. So I was really, I've always been really close to my mom. And she found. I must uh, must have hid like a a weed pipe in like a book, and she found classic it. move. Yeah, and she was like basically sent me to a drug counselor and was super disappointed, and that really hurt me. And that drug counselor person would always test me, and I'd always fail because I didn't care. And then, oh, but wow, I was, that's serious shit. Yeah, but I was into hardcore like Revelation Records and early victory records earth crisis at the time so i knew about straight edge and it was it framed it in this way that was cool to me Mm. and then i just remember i i think because i i knew i hurt my mom i was like fuck it i'm gonna be straight edge because i have a really addictive personality i'm all or nothing so i told this drug counselor you know i'm gonna be straight edge i'm not gonna do anything and they were just like yeah i don't believe you you're a liar and I mean, I'll always remember that because it, it has driven me ever since. And you never, like, you, you never did you. it yeah. since then. Yeah. Just no. as a fuck you yeah. to this counselor. Not just as that, but yeah. Partially. That's but I mean, I love straight edge. It's such an important thing in my life. Um, I do think I'd be dead if I, if I wasn't, but I do, I don't have a problem with drugs or people who do drugs recreationally on a basis that works for them that they're comfortable with that's sustainable that's not damaging to their life uh i do have you know an understanding of addiction that's that's not like from a judgmental vantage point i understand it's you know there's 
you know, a paper thin, uh, wall between a lot of people and falling into addiction because life is fucking hard. Especially now. Yeah. Especially now as material conditions worsen and will continue to worsen. And, um, you know, I'm kind of a nihilist. I don't think in my lifetime things will ever get better. I think they will only get worse. I agree. So I, I can totally understand like how, Drugs can be a way through that for people, which may not be the best thing, but I'm not, you know, who am I to judge as long as, you know, and I have friends, you know, who struggle with addiction and and stuff like that. And, and I, I definitely don't think it's as simple as like, just be straight edge, just don't do it. You know, I understand it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. Do you have any point? Did you have any point, particularly like it may be in the pandemic where you thought, because I'll be honest with you. There's no way on earth I could have raw dogged the pandemic without drugs. <laughs> like, I just couldn't have done it. I fully escaped. I mean, arguably, my brain is in a far worse place for it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, man, fair play if you just just raw dog that yeah. shit. You didn't have a single... No. I mean, I think for me at this point, it's yeah, not it's... even a thing I think about. Uh, yeah, maybe, I guess, people who maybe quit before the pandemic, yeah. bigger chance of relapsing. I make myself sound like a drug aficionado here. I'm not really. I love mushrooms, though. <laughs> yeah. Huge fan. Huge. I guess that's the thing. I love I love drugs for my friends who love drugs. That's, that's the I don't be- yeah. I don't hate them. That's but, the be- I mean, there's definitely a straight-edge side of me where I, I you know, there's... I'll, yeah, I'll pour some someone's fucking beer out with the band, and there'll be someone who's wasted, and I'm just like, I mean, fuck, that's like you know. Tom, our guitarist, is exactly the same. And to be honest, that's I think that's every sober person on yeah. earth when so someone I, else is wasted. I, yeah, I get it. Did the did the veganism come at the same time? Did that come later? Uh, maybe a year later. And you've been vegan since then. Yep, ninety six. What a fucking mental fortitude. On you. 96. That's like prime earth crisis time. Yeah, yeah, yep. Fucking hell. So that leads me on quite nicely to um, you're an avid gym guy. Yep. Things I want to talk about for the fucking boring listener watcher, like blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that. Things I want to know. Yep. What's your eating like for like... So let's start with what do you train for? What do you train? Let's start with that. And we'll go. So, like, I, I think I've seen you're a CrossFit guy. Yep. CrossFitter. And it's did it start from doing CrossFit? You went from zero um, to CrossFit or? Yeah, pretty much. I think I started with there's a gym in Salt Lake City called Jim Jones. I know the started, one. Started by this guy, Mark Twight, who is like an alpine climber. Which oh shit! You were telling I me about that, that earlier. So movie, I, the Alpinist. I know who that guy is. Is that or the Twilight. guy from the fucking? Is he in the documentary? No, he's not. Oh right, but okay. But his so I I wasn't really working out or into fitness or anything, and I just kind of noticed like uh, I probably should start. And this was probably two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like right before Fall Out Boy went on hiatus for a few years is when I got into it. And I have a friend who was like getting into becoming a trainer and like kind of learning about all these different things. 
but it was really Mark Twight who spoke to me because he like comes from punk rock, yeah. wrote a lot of like essays on his blog that were super kind of punk like attitude. And, and I just, that really spoke to me and he was actually there for kind of the beginnings of CrossFit. He was friends with Greg Glassman and I think they had a falling out because they're both big personalities and Jim Jones at the time I got into it, hated CrossFit, but was also very similar, like a a functional fitness, like approach to fitness, Uh, but also more sports specific than CrossFit was at the time, at least. Um, So I was kind of turned off to CrossFit at that time while doing Jim Jones stuff, which is functional fitness. So it's very similar movements. And then, at some point, I think when the band started up again in full force, I was looking for a gym that wasn't like a globo gym that I could do functional fitness stuff. And there was went a CrossFit touring. gym. So I just went into the CrossFit gym thinking, you know, fuck this, this stuff's super easy and lame. And it was a workout that on the whiteboard looked pretty simple and it oh, just it destroyed fucks me. fucks you up, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I just remember it was CrossFit Hollywood, which I don't even know if it exists anymore, but we were, I think I was there recording or doing something with the band, getting ready to tour. I, I don't remember, but I just remember this must've been 2012, 2013. I just remember the, the community being so cool. Like, you know, everyone cheering on the last person and like, just this camaraderie to it that was just like hard, what hardcore was yeah. to me and that which is what really drew me to crossfit and like and that kind of changed my whole my life and i mean jim jones changed my life and and bobby maximus who was my first coach at jim jones uh was super instrumental in that and then finding crossfit which was just community where i can drop in you know this this whole run i've been dropping into places and it's there's just something really cool, and the the community aspect is what I love about it. And I do think it's different. It's gone like Greg Glassman sold it to this guy Eric Rosa. There was a bunch of controversy and stuff that led to that. Uh, and I think it's a little more like the biz, the business of it's a little more corporatized, but the community is still there, like yeah. on the individual like gym level. So. When you play, like, when you do it on tour, how often are you going? Like, are you going every day, three times a week? Uh, so, for a while, I was doing, like, five days a week. And then, um, I don't know, at some point in 2016, 2017, I burnt out pretty bad because I was doing, like, three-hour training sessions five days a week like yeah five days a week basically like i was following a program that was for crossfit games athletes which are like the best of the best and i just was so burnt out my body couldn't do it anymore i felt like shit and so i cut it to like an hour maybe an hour and a half at most and then um cut it down to four days a week just because i'm older what happens as you age and then especially on tour the last tour i was doing four days a week like my full sessions and then i like pinched something in my back because i was just so tight 
Yeah. I think it, I, I know exactly why it happened because I have my own gear with like training equipment that we bring on tour with us. So I'll just work out at the venue and it's essentially like everything, like a box, a rower, uh, air bike, like, you know, barbell weights. That's a couple dumbbells. the dream. <laughs> That's amazing. It's great. But uh, I was doing a deadlift day, and it was a pretty heavy deadlift day. And and I'll usually be like right by. Wait, what's like, a, what's a heavy deadlift day? Come on, let's get numbers. Whoa. Let's get numbers. There's a lot of gym people that <laughs> listen to this. Uh, my max is three seventy five, I think pounds. Nice. So I don't know what that is. Uh, it so four oh five is one hundred eighty kilos. So three seventy five would be. 170, 165, something like yeah, that. There you go. So, sorry. So, I break up but, uh, there. I needed to know the fucking number. So, I was like pulling extra heavy because, you know, there's security people walking around. I want to look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, I might have done like 340 or something. And it was such a mistake. I hadn't toured in three years. I'm like not in shape to for touring like, like I was and not a great idea to be pulling super heavy on a show day. It was on a show day. Yeah. And I think later I paid for it and it was brutal. Like I could barely move. Like when I was playing, if I like the day it happened, I I did a, like a 185 squat, which isn't that heavy for me. And I just felt it pop and I could barely get it back to the rack. And I had to call our security guy to help me like strip the weight. It was at a hotel gym too. Um, and then help walk me back to my room. And I had to play that night. Luckily we had a massage therapist there who's like, uh, a rugby player and like did PT for like athletes. So they knew what they were doing and they kind of fucked me up, but like got me so I could move. But when I did fills, I'd have to fully move my entire body. I couldn't move my trunk. I'd have to move my legs too. That's fucking insane. It just hurt so bad. So since then, I'm only doing three days a week, usually. Do you find you play better on those days? Yeah, I do days? actually. I, I I got to the point where I, I train, like I have a back injury from last year. And if I don't do something before we play... Then I'm too rich. It doesn't yes, hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm super, super. I'm rigid. a lot looser. Yeah. I'm like addicted to. If you get the balance right, like of like a, you know, a seventy-five percent intensity workout, and then a show later that day. There's nothing like it for like just being yeah, fucking totally. fluid. But funny you said that about the, the deadlift injury on tour, bringing it all full circle. Do you know Josh James from Stick yeah, to yeah, Guns yeah. and fucking every other band? Another one who has a billion bands. So he's the reason I know who Jim Jones is and uh, yeah. all those all I those kind that. of workouts. Yep. So Stray and Stick to Guns taught, have toured together a bunch of times and one time Stig had their uh, squat rack and barbell and me and Josh would just train every day. And that's when I first got like an introduction to those kind of CrossFit circuits that fuck you up and i was like oh okay sick and then we were at the palladium in worcester i remember it like it was yesterday and we thought it'd be a funny idea to put 225 on for on the bar for deadlifts which if anyone's from the from europe is 100 kilos so not you know not an insane weight Mm -hmm. but then we did a pyramid with some so one person did 10 reps, 
while the other person held plank and then they swapped 10 reps down plank to and then down to nine. Yeah. So it ends up by the end of it, you're doing such an unbelievably yeah. insane amount of volume that that night, it, it wasn't like there was no pop or any kind of injury like that, but I couldn't play like... I was going to hit a crash on one and my leg was like delayed. Oh, it dear. was, it was, um, what I found out the next day is my hamstrings were so fucking fried yeah. that I couldn't lift my leg up to fucking do the thing because the hamstrings would burn. The rest of the tour, my legs were fucked. Like I was just about getting away with it, but they were fucked. I've never felt anything like it. And, uh, that's when I learned my lesson. Again, deadlifting, just don't yep. go that heavy on tour. But I fucking love deadlifting. Because I, f- I feel like tours, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, we're just keeping your fitness at a level. Yeah, you, you just it's want a, main, maintenance. Ma- maintenance, yeah. yeah. Tours just maintenance work. You're yeah. not trying to make gains. I mean, if you're feeling extra good on a day or something, maybe. But like... Yeah, when I got into Prague on this run, I went into a CrossFit gym that first day and we did pretty heavy de- uh, squats. And I kind of pushed it a little bit because I remember there was someone there that we were going to share a bar and they were like, what do you do? And I was like, uh, whatever, you know. Uh-huh. I think my max is 295. So I just said my max is this. And they were just like, oh, you can do that. Like, um, and they looked strong, like stronger than me. So I wasn't even trying to brag. I was just trying to be like, I can, I can lift a little bit too. And they were just like, I only go up to like half that. And I think that's probably just because they haven't pushed it yet. Yeah. But so I went heavier than maybe I should have. And then the next day I went in too and, and did a workout and it was like a lot of, lunge work a lot of uh box step ups so it was again all legs and then that night or i think the next day we played uh rock for the people or whatever it is and we had to add four songs that we haven't played in forever um with no practice just haven't played them worst nightmare and one of them's thriller which has some double bass and and a lot of like da 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 and I just my could nemesis not that's do the, it. that's it that's the hamstring fry I was just like I just kept fucking it up because my legs were so burnt I and my my drum tech is the uh, Brandon that Brandon Morgan the drummer of Misery Signals who's one of the best drummers I know he nearly joined Stray from the Path oh before I'll me talk to him about I it. don't know what happened but. For some reason, I, <laughs> for some reason, I got it. But he's like an unbelievable drummer. Oh, he's a, you know? a, amazing. And anytime I mess up, I just look at him like, yeah, I suck. Whatever. I went as far as to do this. So I did this for a different reason for like, um, so last August, I broke my back and it was like, damn, it was a T, T8 fracture. So like not, it was the, it basically the most minor way you can possibly ever break your back. Uh, and I need to go and get like a bone scan because it's like you shouldn't really be fucking breaking your you know you're young you shouldn't really be breaking your back yeah so one of the things that happened as a result of that was you know like a just like a boom 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 yep so there's a lot of back involved in getting that first yeah, yeah. hit in and I just stopped being able to do it. 
And it was just like, it's just like, not even pain, it just was locked up. So when we tracked, I had fucking real bad trouble with like easy parts. I was playing the intro to gear team, which is fucking like insanely hard and fast. And that was all fine. And then I was trying to go boom, boom, boom. And I was fucking, (laughs) I was fucking up. So I basically learned our whole set because we had a tour straight after that. I basically learned our whole set two footing like really easy stuff which is hard to do at first so like what you're saying like a boom 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 boom. really hard to two foot that because it's just too slow yeah but now i've got it i'm like i could really go hard at the gym now because i've got a backup like secret (laughs) easy way to play the set and I, i i had it on our last tour where i started the tour and i had to do this two foot thing because my back was fucking up but I, it's my first tour, second tour ever with a drum tech. So about halfway through the tour when I'm not having to, you know, pack my gear up and do all this shit, it was like, oh, my back's better and I could go back to the single footing stuff. Yeah. But now in my head, I'm like, I could really hit some maxes on tour. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just play like a pussy afterwards. I mean, after that happened, I was thinking about I should learn a double foot just in case. It's honestly... Because I've never done like, you know, like a... What's the kind of music that Weird Al plays? Weird Al? Yeah. What, like comedy music? No, no, no. Uh, Polka. Like, Uh, you know, polka, black metal beat. I, I never, you know, a lot of like Frost or whoever, I think do it double, right? Yeah, I do mine double as well. I, I always do it single, just because I feel like it's more powerful for me, I and just, I just ca- can count it better. I got super lazy and learned. In fact, it was actually. But I really want to learn because I feel like you can get more power and and go faster. Especially maybe save if, yourself a little bit. Especially if you don't. Obviously, you don't play with triggers. I don't play with triggers. Frost plays with triggers, like, yeah. and yes. and a lot of, a lot of other, which is absolutely fine. Inferno from Behemoth plays with triggers. Oh my god! What a perfect fucking segue into the bit about drums. It's like I'm a professional, um, but when you two foot, that's the other thing I know. Especially blast beats, you can fucking hammer into yes. that kick yeah. drum, and you just especially if you've got like a sound guy that knows what they're doing. He knows that to make the kick sound really good, you need to gate it. And then the minute you try and play really fast, it doesn't come through. But the blasting, I saw Shannon Lucas play with the Black Dahlia Murder in like 2000, I can't remember. I thought it was all one foot and then it was like maybe 2007 or something. Between 2008 to 2010, I saw Shannon play with Black Dahlia and he was two footing, but it was so clean. I was like, oh, it just looks fucking easy. Like, because you're just going like that. So I sat and I learned it and then now I just... that's There's a a tempo where that's too slow, like a 160 to 180, but... Once it's in there. That's the problem with me. It's a little too slow. My feet don't want to go. And you don't want to practice. Too slow. <laughs> they get choppy, you know? Yeah. I don't know why. Because you don't want to practice. You've yeah. already said that. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, I mean, talk- I've been trying to learn just between, uh, which I, I'm not good at. Oh, so. Because I saw a Todd Suckerman. Yeah. Phil for his I think it's his solo thing or something no actually it's on the new sticks record and there's a fill where it's like 
and then it's but it's the so split, the split, split linear fill. Yes. Yeah. But I can't do that. I don't do that. Even though a traditional blast beat is essentially that, unless I'm my my right foot and right hand can work together, but not opposite. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you the the perfect culmination of everything we just talked about just then. Last year, I learned how to do those fills. Right hand, left foot. Left hand, right foot. Because I, I, I did them, like, again, cause just because I, I was like, I can't do everything with my right foot anymore. I was like, I'm going to learn this split. And it ends up, once you get it, I was, I was having the problem. I think they call it the climbing the ladder fill because it's, that's what yeah, you yeah, do yeah. that. But I was getting it wrong because I was trying to go right foot. Uh, right hand, right foot, left hand, left foot. But then Alex Rudinger told me, you go right hand, left foot, left hand, right foot. So it's... And you can you can just play the most That's insane sick. fast <laughs> yeah. fills and all you're doing is They're this. so easy, yeah. Ding, 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 and it just goes... Yeah. But that's the way to do it if you want to practice it. And yes, you don't need like you. you don't need a kit or anything. Great it's to know, just yeah. getting used to that. And I'll go one step further and do this as a full fucking drum lesson on the thing. When I couldn't get it, the easiest thing to do to get it, the first kick was the hardest thing. So what I would do is I'd just play the hands like right, left, right, left. Oh, I'll go even slower because otherwise it's gonna be really fast. And then just put that one in. Because getting that one Getting that left in is already really hard. Once you can get that one, then I put in the second right. And then I'll just do that again. Give myself enough time to think about it. Yep. And then once I could do that, I put the next two in. And oh, then... That's brilliant, yeah. And then it took... You know what? I was practicing it for... Like, every time I was just tapping or doing it, doing whatever... And I was like, I'm never going to get this. And then we did a sound check uh, somewhere in Europe. I mean, there's a Phil, First World Problem Child, at the end of that song, there's like an improvised solo section. And just while we were doing it in sound check, I was like, I wonder if I can do that Phil. And I ended up, I was like, oh, it's too fast. Oh, I try it in triplet. So it's like, but with the kicks underneath. So it just went, and I fucking nailed it. And I just went, Oh, and it was just this changes in. everything. The, and then the muscle memory was just in. Yeah. So now that's the one part of the set where I do it. And it's got to the point where people know that bit's coming. So there's a little bit of pressure and I get a little bit of adrenaline. And then yep. there's, there was one time at Unified Festival in uh, Australia where, because once it got out, like I was doing that fill for the drum nerds, because we can drum nerd on this thing. It's like, it's a cool fill. Yeah. Um, once it got out that I was doing it, then people would be just filming that part and yeah. then I would share that to my story and then it got to the point where there was a time in Australia that a guy filmed it and then his friend filmed him filming it and then someone else filmed him filming him filming my film and yeah. I just managed to put all three on the fucking Instagram. It was that's awesome. awesome. But that's the way to do it. And yeah, yeah, you, that makes sense. If you forget my that. My current warm-up routine is uh, Alex Rudinger... Warm-up routine. So I love that warm-up routine. He's one of my favorite drummers. He's so sick. He's the fucking absolute man. I love that you love him. He's been on this podcast twice. But just his, the paradiddle, five minutes and then max minutes. My guy. 
I've talked it's about this unbelievably so many simple times. and it's so good for endurance. Yeah. It's changed my life because I was always so aimless with my warm ups before. And I feel like this is just so focused. It's not a lot to think about. It's so funny that you say that because I talk about the Alex rooting and warm up and how it fucking saved my life with drumming, especially with feet, his feet warm up. Yeah. Work. Yeah. And like, he messaged me about it because I was like, I, I can't fucking do this. It's so fucking long. And he was like, just hit really lightly when you do it. And even just doing that as a warm-up, hitting, you know, just the the endurance one, which is for five minutes and you just pick a speed. Yep. I, he, he starts at 180, which yeah. is like, fuck it, you. Unbelievable, so yeah. I start it at like, if, I'm, if I start it at 140 and it feels pretty good, then I just do that. But like 140 kick for five minutes is fucking dumb. It's brutal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's like a lot of leg. But then when you get up to those top speeds, what he told me one thing about it where he was like, don't listen to what it sounds like because you're just warming up the muscles. And the minute I did that, like I have to do it before we play shows now or else I play like shit. The guy's a fucking mini little genius. He is going to, do you ever speak to him? Do you know no, him at all? Never met him. He is gonna love this. He's like he's been on this podcast. I absolutely twice. love him. He is the fucking yeah. man. He's. Uh, I tried to get him on. Um, tried to get him on Twitch actually because he's got this fucking. He's one of those like he seems like a, a digital drummer if you know what I mean. Like he's got all the you know he's on the fucking internet and stuff. But when you talk to him about his actual setup, it's actually very analog. I yeah. was like, man, you got all the shit. You just come on Twitch, and then he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, you just plug this in. He was like, I don't have that. He goes <laughs> he goes around every camera. There's a memory card in there. He does all the fucking yeah. shit. And then he puts it on. I actually, I didn't. So if people, there, there might be people, Pamela, get away. There might be people listening to this because they're Fallout Boy fans and not know anything about me. So let me tell you a story about me. But me and Alex originally had a falling out. We had beef originally. Um, so I was in a band called The Heart Machine, which was progressive, technical death metal, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left before I recorded the record, engineered it, and played the drums on it. And I left before it came out. I had, had an argument with one of the other guys in the band. And I left for it. And what they did... And I think Alex was just like a vessel in this because he didn't have a band at the time. He just left the Faceless. And he joined the band and they faked a video where it looked like he recorded the album. And then in the album, it says that Alex Rudinger drums and then in the liner notes, really small, it says drums written and performed by Craig Reynolds, (laughs) right? Which I know for a fact that Alex didn't have... Like anything to say with that, but yeah. I, 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 you know, we like semi had beef over that or whatever. It doesn't matter because he left the band for the same fucking reasons that I left the band, and then we became friends afterwards because yeah. he left, and I was like, "What did I fucking yeah. tell you?" <laughs> <What happened> here, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then we've been fucking boys ever since, and I originally didn't believe that. So I got a thing on on youtube which is which is like like in the bodybuilding world it's called natty or not where i'll just sort of watch a drummer and i'll be like just trying to assess if they're natural or if they're juiced like if they're editing their shit 
And I always thought Alex Rudinger was like, there's no way anyone's that fucking perfect. And then Nolly, um, the producer, Nolly, sent me raw stems of an Alex Rudinger. Oh, he was playing an Obscura song. And he was like, bro, you need to see this. And I was like, what is it? And he sent me and he was like, put these in a Pro Tool session at this tempo and zoom in. And I put them on and I was like, listening to it just sounds like fucking program drums. Put them on, zoom in, and I'm like, oh my God, this is real. A human yeah. being is doing this. Yep. Couldn't fucking believe it. That was like the first time I was like, because... That's what I thought too, with the faceless and then conquering dystopia. I'm just like, this is all edited and comped and... I'm sure it is on the I, records, yeah. but his videos, like, they're He's real. He's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. He just did a Hawkins song, that which is a very sick. sick well, yeah. yeah. Um, here's the other one that I was 100% sure. I love how we've seamlessly started talking about drums because that's what I had to do next. Yeah. Um, here's another one who I was absolutely sure was fake. And I've told him, I think he won't come on the podcast because I think I've told everyone on the podcast that I don't like his band before. So it's like <laughs> he's not going to come on here. Yeah. But I'll go out there and say... This guy, I couldn't believe it either, which is that guy, Chris Turner, who's in that Ocean's 8 Alaska band. You ever seen him play the drums? <laughs> I was. I watched one video and I was like, absolutely bullshit, bollocks. No fucking way, I'm not having this. This is not real. And then I heard from like other producer friends who are like, I trust their opinion. They were like, hey man, you ever seen that Chris Turner guy? I said, yeah, it's bullshit. Like it's fucking programmed. And they were like, no, bro, it's not. And I sat and I went through one of his videos at like half speed Fucking, I went as far as like ripping the audio out and putting it into a fucking door to just look and see. And then at one point it just like, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking real. And then I went to see them. We played some festival. I don't like music. I don't like the band, but he is, the precision is absolutely fucking mind melting. There's a video he did like a, it, him and Thomas Lang doing and mm -hmm. they And they go like, there's sections where, one of them's just playing the hands and the other one's playing the feet. And then they swap. Wow. And it is fucking so precise. But he's another one. I was like, I don't believe it. Because there's so much doctoring going on. I feel like I may have seen that. That's that's the kid. And it's fucking... I literally couldn't believe it. Him and Rudy, I was like, no, there's no fucking way. And then yeah. that Rudy, the Rudy one actually inspired me to stop editing my videos. Because back in the day when... I'm talking like 2010 when I was in a death metal band and everyone was doing it. Like it's more of a playthrough where you're yep. showing what happens and everyone fixes it. And then what, I, what would happen with me is like people would be like giving me praise for these videos. And in my head, I'm like, well, I sat and gridded that. So yeah. what, what I don't fucking deserve. And then, then the imposter syndrome started coming Yeah, And then, when Rudy did that, I was like, you know what? I'm never editing a video again. And as a result, it was like one of the first few videos after that. I did a fucking, I did a clinic and Vic Firth were there and they filmed it. And I like fucking wasn't that good on a couple of songs. And they were like, can we put these up? They were fine with it. But, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Cause in my head, that'll make me get better. Yeah. And then now I have that like analog thing where I do all of my drum playthroughs on Twitch live. So I just have this little thing that mm -hmm. switches through the things. The mix is already on the MacBook and then I just press record and it goes. And if it sucks, it sucks. Yeah. It's like to tape, but digital. Yeah. More people need to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'll get better. 
Or you would hate yourself. Yeah. Which is what I did, and then I got better, and it was fine. Um, all right, I'm on the drum thing now. <laughs> uh, are you okay to talk about drums? You, yeah. you must be. I know you don't practice. You don't like practicing <laughs> or anything like that. I do like practicing if I get myself to do it. Okay, we'll do the tiny talk about drums, and then I want to do your dream festival. Okay, yeah. This is what I want to know. Are you playing DW at the moment? Yep. How long have you been with DW? Uh, might be like four years now. What was like that? What was it before then? Uh, CNC. See that's see that's what I remember. The old CNC was it CNC that back in the day they had a finish that was like duct tape and melted because I see I maintain this is a memory that CNC had it and. Everyone that I've spoke to who's a CNC guy, like Dustin from Walls of Jericho, used to be a CNC guy, and I was like, "You remember this finish?" He was like, "No." I don't remember. And I had a company recreate it for me, and it looked fucking amazing. It looked like a like an Alien Queen drum, and I think I invented it from a dream I had that CNC did it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a uh, like a thirteen by seven. 42 ply snare and it's got black gaff tape which was blowtorched and then lacquered and I thought I got the idea from CNC but I fucking didn't damn and now you're playing now you're playing DW <laughs> yeah and DW is like I got two drum companies I got Tama and I got DW and I don't care about anyone else I yeah. kind of care about like the bougie ones but it, in terms of like the companies. Oh yeah, for That's sure. That's my fucking. Team. I mean, DW is the one I grew up loving, but then Tama as well because Lars played Tama. Dave, you got another Dave Lars Lombardo fan. played Tama. You know what I mean? Like right. you're definitely a Lars fan. I guess yeah? Charlie Bonante plays Tama, or did. Definitely. Oh, I love Lars. Dude, I was watching. Uh, I've been in like a black album. Kick, so have I. which I think is an ab- I think it's a masterpiece album, and I think Unforgiven is one of the greatest songs ever written. So I've been watching a lot of live stuff, mainly like live shit, binge and purge, and fucking awesome. Well, that was the peak of their powers. Like Lars was so good then; he so was sick, fucking sick, and he kind of they were invented, all so good. He kind of invented the snare and the crash at the same time. Yeah, like at the very least, like he made it a fucking thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's obviously a brilliant musician because he's, you know, unbelievably important for the songwriting process of Metallica and was a huge part part of it and probably still is. So, like, regardless of what anyone thinks of his talents now, I mean, I guess I feel like that's probably my trajectory because I don't think he practices. I think that's the, I think, I, honestly, I think that's the only thing with him is that he just doesn't practice. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, Motherfucker's in Metallica and he's doing fine. Like, if as a businessman, let's take music out of it. As a businessman, and if I come to you as another businessman and I go, okay, business is fucking great. Can you do more and business will be exactly the same? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's like, continue to do what you're doing because business is fucking good. Metallica aren't going to shit. There is one when they did Daytona recently. There's a video of him playing one and it fucking rips. And I'm like, it rips so much that I'm like, has something, is there something happening here? Yeah. Because every time it's like, I, I don't care. Cause Lars is like, honestly, one of my favorite drummers, 
But yeah. every time it gets to the bit in one, it's never good. But no. there's this one video of Daytona and it's like amazing. And I'm like... Well, I saw them, my partner and I went and saw them in Portland, you know, a couple years ago now. And it wasn't great because <laughs> of him. But I've seen a lot of videos more recently and I... Apparently they're playing to a click now. Oh, and I think that really changed everything. I couldn't not play to a click. I would be terrible. Oh, yeah, I would hate that. I I don't play a click with like Sex and Race Trader. Different scenario, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for him. But I really think it's made him better because a lot of the problem at that show, especially, was he just sped up and slowed down in really weird ways. Yeah, that was like this isn't what it's supposed to be. But the click, I think, really helps. I mean, I'm sure there's maybe a little more going on because I think once your double bass goes at that age, and that's fine. I don't, I don't need that from him. Yeah, and once you're on a click, it's so much easier to just fucking like. Should we put the old? Yeah, yeah. You want to put the one, one (laughs) kicks on the track? (laughs) We can just. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the the energy he has for like his age and everything is like just fucking incredible. That's what I want to be. Always, he's having the time of his life. Even at that show, he'd he'd just be all over the place, like getting up, like pointing. I never do that, and I, oh, I, I wish I fucking, would I'm because I've always pony. loved that about him. I'm a show pony, and I just stole it all from Lars. It's like, like when I was a kid, I was like, "That's what <laughs> yes. I want to be." Yes, he's like the front man. Yeah, it's, it's very very cool. But um, I did want to say one thing about uh, Infernus having uh, triggers, dude. Hearing that in my ear, because I had ears yeah. when I did that soundtrack, it was it sounded so good. Yeah, so. so I mean, that much helped fun. a lot because I could play a little lighter and make sure that I'm like. Have you ever done it, it? Right? No, I haven't. I used to. I used to be in a death metal band, and we used to do it. And it, you can really Dude, relax. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> you can. I was like, just like, wow, this is awesome. You can really yeah. fucking chill out. Oh man, I'd love a go on this fucking drum kit. It was cool. That'd be fucking awesome. How do we get onto the Metallica conversation? Oh, we're talking about drums. We're talking about DW. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Tama. And Tama. Um, I don't care that much about drums. <laughs> I, I really don't either. I mean, I think... I care uh, more about Metallica. Yes. I switched to DW just because, you know, it was like the dream as a kid and I had the opportunity and I've always played DW hardware. Because it's the fucking best. Yeah. Like... I'm a Tama guy, but I've got a DW snare stand. Yeah, it's a little better. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's just because it's just because they're so fucking heavy. They're so heavy. Yes, like I do think I like Iron Cobras a little better. I've always played better on them. The one thing though is that the kickback always hits the top of my foot, and I have bruises after. um, But I I do play nine thousands. So I think I went from nine thousands to Iron Cobras to Speed Cobras, and again, the Speed Cobras were just because. I just, I got a theory with like, with gear. Like, I'm not a massive gear guy. Like, I like oh, some, I, I, I joined Tama because I wanted when I basically, they, they gave me the offer and it was when they reissued the Bell Brass, which is the fucking Black yes, Album yes, yes. snare, you yeah, know. Yep. And uh, when they were like, oh, do you want to join Tama? I was like, can I get a Bell Brass with this deal? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, we're in. Yep. And so I got one and I got Alan at VK Drums to make me, the hoops like Lars used to have. So I have like a Sick. bell brass that's the closest thing to the Black Album bell brass. Yep. But um, I can't remember what I was fucking talking about there other than getting onto bell, Metallica. Metallica, bell brass, Tama, Tama talk. I don't know. Oh, the snare stand. Yes, um, yes, yes. 
it only fits a DW snare stand because it's just too heavy for everything yeah. else. It's the fucking shit. It is heavy. Um, and Metallica in your dream festival. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so they're that, my favorite band of all time. So that, that's Metallica and Queen are my favorite bands of all time. I want to talk so much about Metallica more. So we're gonna go straight to the Dream Festival. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you need another water? I can hit a hit a pause. No, I'm good. You want to go yeah. straight in while while the fire is while still it's there? there? Yeah. Okay. So your Dream Festival. Before we get to the headline, in which I think we know what it is, where is it? I don't know. That's tough. Oh, what do you mean? You I don't know. I, I gave you. I gave after. you a ones up. I gave you some heads up. I on know it. you did. Um. I mean, my favorite places are Barcelona. I love mm. Dublin. What's so good about Barcelona? I don't know. It's just such a beautiful place. Like one of the first times I really like walked around and, and did stuff on my own on a tour was there. And I walked around for like 12 hours straight. I didn't have a phone. I didn't even think about it. And it was just felt magical. It's such a beautiful, cool place. Um. Are you having a festival there, though? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe Dublin, because the crowd was so good last night. Ooh, and I talk love to Ireland. me about that. Where was the show last night? But I love Glasgow, too. Uh, it was at Mont- Monte Park, Monte Park, something like that. Oh, these venues are so big. We haven't yeah. even talked about your fucking tour. It was tour. wild. How was the tour? The tour is amazing. How's I mean, obviously, it's a dream... It's just such an Childhood insane, come true. yeah. Such you've, have you ever toured with Green Day before? Uh, no. Such met an them a few times lineup. previously. They've always been super cool. Um, and I mean, you know, Dookie was a seminal record in my life. I, you know, I remember playing it in band. We always got to do uh, like homeroom. We could go to the band room instead, and then on like we had lunch breaks and we could just go and sign into the band room and play music. Yeah. We did the same thing. Yeah. So I remember when Dookie came out, I played that all the time. Weezer, one of the most important bands to me, blue album and Pickerton, obviously. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty wild. And Dave Elich is playing. I was now, going to ask sick. you, have you like had many interactions with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I went up to him. What did he say? Oh, you're playing the fucking drums wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he actually? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, of course. You know he's gonna. I mean, no, no, fu- not really, not really. But he did mention it. I went up to him after we played, I think, and or, or before we went on stage, I was like, hey, man, you were awesome because they just got off stage. If you're about to tell me, I was like, you're, I think you're a you're sick fucking drummer. I love your stuff. You know, whatever. Then we got off stage and he was still in the room. So I just came in and I was like, hey, and he was and he came out and watched a couple songs and we're just talking and like getting back into it. And I'm like, you know, it's like the last tour took like two weeks before I had the confidence because I just hadn't played in so long or played live with a band but this tour you know i'm you know seems like it's coming a little quicker and the you know the rudy warm-ups really help um and then yeah he was like yeah you looked pretty good but you're you know here a lot and as soon as you had the microphone because i have a microphone i sing along sometimes it's like as soon as that mic was in your face your posture was perfect and i was like yeah i know (laughs) he's like you should try to play with that 
the whole show for a show just to like feel oh, it. Oh, so he's he, he's got a point. He's coming from a nice place. In my head, I thought you were going to tell me no. that he came up and went, "Hey, yeah, you should work on this." No, no, it was nice. It was. I mean, it kind of went there naturally. Yeah, and okay. I, I definitely do play. I mean, I'm sitting like this now. This is how I play. This whole tour, I have been trying to like be super mindful because it is. It has created problems in my life, you know, that I, that I notice a lot with CrossFit with like sh- certain positions. Whoops, sorry. That's all right. Certain positions with, you know, the, the barbell or... I want to get those fucking whatever. Wall, wall slide things. Those things. Yes. Oh, my God. That opens you up. If yeah, you're yeah. a drummer, the first time you do those, I just can't do it. will help you. Yeah. yeah I can't way. either. I thought you were going to tell me David Illich came up to you like no. unsolicited no. and was <laughs> no, like, hey, you, you should uh, try doing this. Is he like ripping with Weezer? Or is he just playing? No, playing he's. Like- I mean, uh, I didn't mess it up. Did no, I? we're good. Okay. Uh, the ghost notes are there. You can't really hear them, but you can see them. I've and especially, you know, I've seen a lot of the videos he's done that, you know, they're there. But he's not. He's not ripping too much. I think you know it's here and there. That's cool. Throwing yeah. in a couple. Don't get fired or Licks anything. There, he's, he's, he's good. I mean, it's Weezer, so you, you kind of have to lay back. Yeah, it lay wouldn't back be right there if he did some fucking yeah. Mars Volta shit on yeah. <laughs> on that fucking Buddy wild. Holly. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd have a fucking great time. Okay, Dream Festival. But the ghost notes are insane. Like, I do remember seeing one video, and it's just like constant, and it's just, like if you could hear that, it would sound so much different. It's the same with Meshuggah. Like Thomas yeah, Hart's yeah, yeah. like yeah. on. Particularly to get super fucking nerdy about it, um, not the album Nothing. They were, they remixed it and it lost all the ghost notes and it was fucking terrible. But like the OG ninety, I want to say it's ninety nine one has that just the ghost notes, just consistent ghost notes throughout the whole thing. So yeah. it's fucking incredible. Yeah, but they need to be quiet enough <laughs> that yeah, yeah, because Weezer would sound fucking insane. Um, Dream Festival, where are you? Which, yes. uh, are you in Dublin? Are you in I guess Alaska? Milwaukee. Oh, it's fucking changed it. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. That's home. That's... Is it home as in you live there? No, that's just hometown. I mean, I still have a condo there. I live in Portland, Oregon. Nice. But well, Milwaukee's if, home. I think Portland would be one of my... If I was going to move to America. Yeah. Portland's fucking top three. Good coffee. You were in a yes. coffee shop there. What's yep. it called? Oracle. 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 Yep. Did my fucking research. Hell yeah. Don't know. You weren't here, guys, but I made him a coffee earlier. <laughs> How was it? It was great. It was great. Very that good. Sounded like I, I made him say it. Yep. Look at that. Branding. All, all done. It's all done. It was nice. It was an oat flat. Oat, I guess an oat flat white. Oat cappuccino. Yeah. Similar. Okay. So you're in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Sorry, is there a festival place that you could do it? Or it doesn't is, matter, yeah, it's a Summer dream Fest. festival. Okay. That's one Summer of the Fest. world's biggest festivals. It's like a two-week festival, and they just have tons of bands, and then there's a Marcus Amphitheater, which I, I think it's called something different at this point. But that's where all the big bands play. We actually played it last year on this tour, I think. Nice. Because this tour was... This tour was postponed and then started last year and then had yep, a break in the states and then had to push uh europe till this year and asia got canned uh yeah asia and australia got canned i think it i don't know any of this stuff but i think the cost of of 
redoing everything, rebooking everything. Uh, it was just wise. insane. And, and no one knew what, because it seemed pretty insane there. Oh, like yeah. Really Japan's insane. still not even really that yeah. open at all. I think so, there's like a, a limited amount of even work people a year. So damn, yeah. Um, all right, you're in Milwaukee. Yep. What is your accommodation? Uh, just staying at my condo. Staying at your condo. I mean, so I guess that's if it's nice. a dream thing, yeah, I get, I get my thing. old house back. Yeah, that's, so, that's so I lived at a house about. on the lakefront this is with it. like a bunch of my friends. Most of them are dudes who are in miser signals. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I'd get that house back, which I sold years ago. I'm writing these down. So but I a can... lot of memories there. Okay. I'm writing these down and I will seamlessly edit it. So yep. at the end, it seems like I remembered everything because usually I would have some sort of producer to do yep. this. <laughs> um, who is the headliner? Uh, Queen and Metallica. Wow. We have two stages. Two stages. Yeah. Nice. So it's Queen and Metallica. Is it what, what are we doing? Like a one day Queen, one day Metallica, it, or is it the also, same? Okay, let's be See, look, specific. I saw it's live shit binge and purge era. So you get... Everyone with the long hair. Yeah. And this I is the D and D and you coming out. Still on alcohol, like still drinking then. So he's probably wild. So he's riffing. Uh, Lars was sick then. I think was Lars wearing like the the uh, full spandex pant like with that, a he- with a headband and long that hair. That's the fucking shit. See, I saw when when I, the minute you said about the your old house, I saw in your eyes. The D and D activate yeah, yeah. the the, <laughs> the brain. Story yeah, the story life. comes yeah, yeah, out, yeah. and I just I like okay, I got this fucking guy now. Okay, so it's live shit binge and purge yep. era, and then Queen. I don't know. I guess news of the world. How? Era, okay. But also eighty five. Okay, because I want maybe half the set with Freddie with long hair. Here's what I need to ask you because it's a dream festival. But you need to give me the fucking schematics of how Freddie's back. Pamela, guest guest appearance. How you can you can keep up there? How is Freddie back? Is he back in holographic form, or have they invented a way to reanimate him? Yes, reanimated. Or did he never die? Never died. Never died. I shouldn't have given you that one. Let's go and reanimate it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm imposing the limit there. But it's a dream, you said. So okay. No, no, actually, that's so mean of me. Like wishing that horrible death on a man. Okay. Freddie Mercury did not die. Queen are playing. Metallica are playing. Are they on two separate days? Or is are they on the same day? Same day, two stages. And what one day festival. One day festival. Yeah. Who's playing first? Who's closing? Crap, that's tough. I mean, I guess Queen has to close. Nice. You know what Will Putney said in this in this circumstance? What? He had Nine Inch Nails and Metallica on two stages. Very similar. Yeah. And he had it, they had to flip-flop song to song. <laughs> so you, ha- you could watch Trent Reznor being annoyed yep. while Metallica was playing. And then he also said they were playing uh, And Justice For All front to back, but with the bass turned up yep. and the St. Anger snare drum. <laughs> so that, that yeah. I disagree with. Yeah, he was just trying also to... Also then I get to have Cliff... Back in the band. Okay, so yeah, everyone's back. Yep. Cliff's back. Um, the Metallica is live shit binge and purge. They're all, they've all been drinking. 
What's what's the set? So you don't want it, so, so there's going to be no because that's between Justice and Black Album, isn't it? I think it's Black Album here. Oh, does it include yeah. Black Album? Okay, we I think Black that. Album had come, oh, yeah. come out. Yeah, that's fine. So this yeah. is the height of their powers. Do you know what? But it's I mean it's all the hits from it definitely Unforgiven, uh, My Friend of Misery, which is one of my favorite metallic songs, uh, Justice. Front to back, for sure. Oh, so they're gonna. That's my favorite. Yeah, same. Metallica. Same, 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 same. same. But then anything from Kill 'Em All is with Dave. Oh, (laughs) this is so magical. Keep keep talking, my friend. (laughs) So Dave gets to be on that. So he's there. Um, What? So what? So he? They just wheel Dave out (laughs) for the songs that he's on. There's no beef or anything. You don't want to see it as a dream. You don't want to see a little punch up at the end. Also, this. So it is Live Ship Engine Purge, which I believe they're playing ESPs. And I believe they're the original ESPs that are more exact replicas of like a V and an Explorer. But in this, they're playing Gibsons. So he's playing a Gibson Explorer and they're playing Vs. Nice. Do you play guitar as well? No, I just... You just love the way they look. So my favorite death metal band right now is Based. Beast. B-A-E-S-T. I, I don't know. Them. Well, check them out. What, Very good. What's the deal? But they're just super sick. They're pretty old school death metal sounding. Uh, Where are they from? Denmark, maybe. Something like that. Somewhere around there. Somewhere European. But they're just so sick. They're so heavy. But aesthetically, they play a Rickenbacker bass. And then oh, usually it's like a V... Or an arty, an arty artist or whatever it is, which is kind of a similar body to like a explorer, and then an explorer. Just fucking spiky guitars. So it's just like a sick look. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking cool as fuck. I don't know anything about guitars really, but I always like love a spiky guitar, and I kind of love it when one of the guitarists is left-handed. Oh, that's then, sick! Yeah, because then you can yep, have yep, yep. yeah the outsides. Yeah, yeah. The, the point is, isn't the two drummers talking about? <laughs> I just love you- V's explorers, Les Pauls, of course. SGs are sick, but you don't. Gibsons. But you don't play it. You just no, not really. I have a bunch of guitars. Just appreciate but- it. Same with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate drugs. Just appreciate it, yeah. I'm a straight-edge drummer, <laughs> and I appreciate drugs and guitars. Yeah, I, totally. I fucking love it. Okay, so. Smaller side stage band. Fine, bass gets to oh, play. Oh, motherfucker. Is that, is that, were you doing my job for me? Were you yeah. getting on to that? Okay. Give me one more. I, I It sucks because I want Nine Inch Nails too. You, it's your dream. It's your dream festival. I mean, if I we're insist. talking a festival, then we get Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, you can. You and they're before Metallica on that stage. They're going to be so angry about that. The production. Trent's, got, Trent's got a history of. That's too bad, though. Did you ever hear the story of when Nine Inch Nails played under Biffy Clyro at Reading Festival? Yes, we were there. Wow, was that oh, yeah. you we there that, that year as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Oh, that's when we talked earlier, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I've seen that's you about the Reading Festival. Yeah, it was then. Because I think they were co-headlining or something. Yeah, and their production got cut for the Biffy production. Yep. And Trent threw a fucking yeah, fit yeah. about it on stage, which was awesome to watch. So do you want, considering it's your dream, what about a little bit of Trent beef? 
<laughs> with Metallica. With Metallica. Yeah, 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 that's fine. We'll throw that in I there. mean, I think if you have Trent there, you're going to get that regardless. Yeah. Angry, so. angry goth dad. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they wouldn't be one of the best live shows if he wasn't so particular about every it. aspect of it. I yeah. loved him and them. That's well, like, and I love Elon. Oh, so my God. What a fuck. But also, that for this show, you get Elon Rubin, and then you also get Josh Freese. Because he was so sick in Nine Inch Nails too. I mean, I'll still listen to like the live stuff with him, and it's so cool. Yeah, Josh Reese is great versions. Josh Reese is um, maybe one of the reasons I pursued like punk and heavy drumming, but with with more of like a mindset of being able to adapt because yeah. he was just in in the 90s late 90s he was just in like every band like he yeah. was in the vandals that i loved and then he was in a perfect circle that i loved and i was like yeah, this yeah. motherfucker just want to be this guy like i dyed my hair pink i did all the josh free exactly. shit i fucking loved him yeah still out there but brooks wackerman sting playing with sting yep. and shit like that devo Guy's got fire. Yeah. And then, like, as well as all the studio stuff. Like Years ago, we played a festival with Weezer, and he was playing with Weezer at the time. And I remember we went through, and I had met him maybe on, a, like, a DW photo shoot when I was just playing their hardware. Or maybe, does he play Sabian? I don't know. Could have been a Sabian thing. Josh Reese. I think he might play. I he think might play he Peisty. Weird. All right. <laughs> I love it. So I think it was DW. <laughs> But so I'd met him there and we talked briefly. It was super nice. And then we played this festival and we're going on a cart and we go past him and he's just like, oh, hey, Andy. And it was just like amazing. What? Me? That's <laughs> like, it was cool. very cool that he remembered me. I hit him up in a very similar fashion to me hitting you up. Yep. He didn't reply. Yeah. You, <laughs> you replied. <laughs> I was really nice. I try and be really nice. It was, and to be fair though, I found out he wasn't playing for the Vandals. We played oh. a festival that the Vandals were also playing and I would have ghosted that anyway. Um, but man, he's like, I would love to have him yeah. on here as well. Cause he just, he's sick. Sick. Chew his fucking ear off about probably ends up most episodes. I'll be honest with you. Like Metallica is my favorite man of all time. Yep. If, if the other person likes Metallica, this might... I'll, That's th- all you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but this podcast originally was going to be called And Justice for Lars, and it was just going to be me talking <laughs> to other Lars. people that love Metallica and specifically love Lars, and I was like, there's a ceiling to that, but secretly every episode has ended up being that. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to give you the rundown because it's so funny. So we're going to go for... What's your catering? Damn, that's good. I mean, obviously it's vegan. Obviously, but it's your dream. So it's almost like yeah. you could have... I guess Crossroads is my favorite Ooh. vegan restaurant in LA. Yeah. So Tall Ronin. Chef Tall is doing it. He's there. That'd be sick. For... And then obviously coffee provided by... Are you going to monetize this for yourself? Or no. are you going to... No. Hell no. I don't really go to my own shop when I'm home. I always go to other shops. I mean, it. it I live closer to other shops anyway, so that's kind of why. Uh, and we don't roast, so let's see. That's tough. Five Elephants in Berlin is very good. Oh, so worldwide. fucking good. Yeah. 
So good. What a fucking... I feel like we're best friends now. (laughs) Hell yeah. Five Elephants is fucking incredible. Um, You know what else is great in Germany as well? (sighs) Man versus Machine. In, I think I believe I it's it. in Munich. Let me do a fucking. I'm not even going to do a Jamie pull that up because it will fucking break shit. If yeah. I had another person, I think it's called Man versus Machine, and it's in. All I know is it's like you can do. I'll look later. You can do Berlin, and then you can. It's like within two days, there's more good coffee. There's yeah. like a little run. I love Berlin. Always the same. Munich, great. Berlin's great got food. The barn. Coffee. The barns. The barn, yeah, yeah. yeah, so much good coffee. Okay, so. You write these down and seamlessly cut it later. We got... Oh, Watain. Yeah, there, there. <sighs> Let's talk about that. Right, I think we've got Crossroads. Fine, we've added a second night, and it's Watain's night. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's going in, it's going in. Um, okay, so we've got like a heavy night happening. Yeah. Um, and I guess based... Beast based. I don't really know how to say it, but they are on that day. And then uh, main support. We are craft. playing. We are playing festival Dungeons and Dragons right now. Yes, it's fucking sick. Do you know Craft? I think they're a Swedish black metal band as well. No, uh, they're very good. Spelt normally or spelt like the cheese? Spelt normal. Uh, so they're main God. support. <laughs> uh, that's tough though, because if it's a dream, then I want. Cannibal Corpse. You can have bleeding. all of this. I want Cannibal Corpse Bleeding era, but I want Corpse Grinder, who is the Ooh, superior. Yeah, oh, front, absolutely. Front fuck that other guy. Oh, hell Fuck yeah. that other guy as a human and fuck... Uh, yeah, in every way. Uh, just in every Wasn't a great way. vocalist, but the Bleeding is a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Deicide, Legion era. Nice. Because Deicide self-titled this out. Um... And Steve Ashheim, or however you say it, is very sick drummer. Morbid Angel, Covenant era. Maybe Domination era, because there are a couple songs on that I love. Is Pete Sandoval back, or is it the well, other guy? Well, it's that guy? era, so he would be in it. Uh, but you can't take... Uh, you can, it's a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> That's what makes it so cool. You can be specific about what members you get from okay, what eras, okay, 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 and mix okay. and match. Okay, I'm just fucking running out of... T- Typing shit. Um, that's a nice Suffocation, stage. pierced from within era. You can have the whole Morris Sound catalog. Hey, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, I don't want. I would love to record with Scott Burns, circa ninety. Oh, on the on the Morris Sound yeah, fucking yeah. desk. Like some of those, sick. some of those bands. Like the best thing about that was like all the records sounded the same because it had that fucking sound. Mm-hmm. But you could really hear, because of that, you could really hear which musicians were fucking great yeah. and which weren't. Yeah. So there's a bunch of, like, I think that band Massacre, you know mm-hmm. that band? Yeah, yeah. Like, that From Beyond record. The drummer is fucking incredible. Like, you can just hear that he is absolutely smashing the fucking goddamn shit out of that. And it was, like, early Trigger days. Mm-hmm. There was some of those, like, scream bloody gore death. Like yep. the snare is all quite obviously <laughs> fucking triggered yeah. and it's fucking crazy, but it's sick. That like cavernous, yep. cavernous snare reverb sound. Oh, super sick. Love well, it. death is on the lineup. Oh, Sim- Chuck, Chuck. Oh. But you get, I guess you get all eras because I want James Murphy. I want the cynic guys, Sean. 
There is a lot of people coming back to life <laughs> in yeah. this festival. I love Sean Rayner. Amazing. Oh. He was an amazing drummer. Unbelievable. Um, that Gene was- Hogland's one of my favorite drummers of all time. Also a big Twitch guy. I feel like just fucking shaking him. Yeah, I feel like... I had no idea. Yeah, but I just want to go and shake him and go, bro, I love you. I love your playing. I love your weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. I'm for everything that you do. Please, God, get someone to mix your shit. He's using like (laughs) camera audio and he's going to play. He's like ripping. He's He's an older guy. What are you going to (laughs) do? Just it takes one second, but he's gone to the thing. My beef with it is not even beef. It's just like I, I just want to help him. It's like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you how to do it. I'll I'll send you some fucking gear. I'll send you some contacts. But like he has all the like over you know the Twitch overlays and all that shit. And then it's like I'm watching a fucking Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Like the audio and the visual, other than the fucking overlays, is shot. Yeah, it's I so annoying because he's playing these songs that I really want to watch him play, and it's just and you want to hear it. <laughs> Fine, we get a Gene Hogland day where you just get like the drum, best stuff. Drum you clinic, get strapping, Gene strapping era. Big you get fan. Big Dark fan. Angel, uh, Fear Factory, Testament. What's his record? Low. What's the after show? As a straight edge man. Um, There's one answer, and we've talked about it at length <laughs> on this podcast, what you should be doing for an after-show party I, with, uh, with all these people. What is it? A fucking giant game of D&D. Oh, yes, like that would be sick. Yeah. Trent Reznor. <laughs> a giant game, but like broken up into different rooms with different like kind of conflicting personalities at each table okay in one big room. Okay, though. give me like who, a convention. Give me who's on out of every band that you've just done there. Who's on your table? Oh, that's tough. And give me what they are out of out of the yeah. bands. So let's say let's say f- what? What do you say? An optimum game is five people. Yep. So, so we got five people. Who is the dungeon master of Andrew's table? A post show D and D table. I guess Trent because he's such a. <laughs> He's such a fucking dungeon master. That you know it would be a great game. Oh my God, this is amazing. And like the whole presentation would be beyond anything you could ever imagine. I'm like visualizing yeah. you at a table with Trent Reznor playing D&D and it's incredible. Yeah, and it would be like the latest stuff because he's, you know, like... He's, a, yeah. he's into his technology. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. The Dungeon Master's trap. What, what are you? Who are you? What are you playing? I'll be a ranger because that's what I always do. Okay. That's what I like. Conflicting personalities. Let's, let's throw someone. I mean, that's if we were just watching it. But if I'm a part of it. What if you took, hey, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What if you took Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse? No, he on. has to be there though. But you <laughs> wanted the conflicting stuff and you want the bleeding era. Or is that he's not there? I was going to say, why don't you put him and Freddie Mercury on this table? <laughs> that would, they're on a separate table then. But I want, I do want Corpse Grinder on my table. Okay. Because Corpse Grinder, you know, may play D&D because you know he plays WoW. Yeah. And he's, he seems, I've never met him, but I love his Target and Walmart. Yeah, love. that shit he does on fucking social like, media. Just loves it. Just goes I love to- his love for his family is so like, Sweet. I would love cute. to have him on this podcast. So I want him. 
Okay, Chris Barnes is not here, by the way. Yeah. He's he's not at the festival. So okay, Corpse Grind is at your table. What is he? Uh, what's his? He's got to be like a barbarian. Obviously. Yeah. We need two more people. You need two more people. Eric from Watain is on yes. my table, and he's gonna play some dark elf, like evil mage, chaotic evil for sure, obviously. Okay. And he will be, you know, in the full getup where he's buried his clothes. Oh my god! Now, so the damn things, you know, that, that one band we played a festival with Watain. Yeah, and I passed Eric. He was going to like the shower, and he was like, "Do you have any?" Like body wash or shampoo or something. Who Eric said that? Yeah, very nice, super nice, and and like quiet, off like character, soft spoken, and smelled so bad, so bad. That stage, unbelievable. Closed. I've smelled yeah. it. The trunk that they leave but it, they keep it's it. In. The coolest thing. Yeah, They're one of my favorite amazing. bands of all time because everything's so real. The magic, the blood. Yeah. It's the- not bullshit. You heard the stories about them getting like their ammo belts taken off them and stuff. Oh yeah, they're yep. being fucking put in custody and shit like All that. All sorts of stories. The stinking. Yeah. What is the deal with their stage clothes? Like they. It's just like you know ritual and part of the burying it. It's fucking cool. Part of the beliefs, it? which I love. I yeah. love it. I feel like they're the Metallica of black metal. Nice. Because they're super epic songs. They they kind of every record like introduces new things you know and kind of one-ups and the it's new an one's kind of their kind of their black album as well it's i love it yeah it's amazing but it's got it's like yeah less less fast yeah more fucking more like big rocking snare in there yep fucking sick though okay but yeah he's there he's stinking up your table yep yep um you got one more is that one more yeah because you're uh you're there you forgot on your list. Well, Wu Tang's on the fest. <laughs> <laughs> and old dirty bastard's alive and he's there. He's the last man on the table. Okay. <laughs> and he's playing some kind of like traveling, like dr- super fucked up traveling bard type person who's crazy. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the after show that's party. That's the game. Okay. So I'm going to attempt to regale you with your dream festival okay yeah we are in milwaukee there is a festival happening Mm -hmm. curated by andrew hurley headlining this festival two days two stages i'm i'm sorry (laughs) okay two days two stages You've got Queen. I must preface this that Freddie Mercury is still alive. You've got Queen playing and you've got Metallica playing. Mm-hmm. Metallica are playing Live Shit Binge and Purge era. However, they're playing a, like a mixture set of everything from before then. And Dave Mustaine is back for the Kill Em All songs. Yep. Nine Inch Nails is also playing. With Alan Rubin and Josh Freese yep. playing the drums. And Wu-Tang have been added. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're on the second night that Watain's headlining one stage, Wu-Tang's headlining the other okay, stage. Okay, so the second night, we've got the sort of Florida-era death metal stage 
shit, no, that's on night one because we've got a separate day for the for the Watang stage. Or is no, that, it'll be the same. That's the it'll same one? It'll be the extreme metal day. Okay, so the extreme metal day, we have death. Again, Chuck is not dead either. There's been a development in, in the time no. from this podcast. Yeah. There's been a development in human science. Yeah. Where you can just roll back time and change things. That's, yes. And a couple of things have happened, like the Mandela effect. A couple of things have been changed. A couple of people are still here with us. Thank God. Death, playing symbolic era, with Chuck, with Gene playing drums, correct? And Sean. And Sean, who is also not dead. Yeah. God rest his soul. Um, so what, they they flip-flopping? This has been the hardest festival ever to... Yeah, so to, to talk put back. together. Um, I'm going to try and do a faster one right at the end. But uh, you, you get to have James Murphy on guitar. You get Paul Masvidal from Cynic. Cynic. You get Andy LaRoque, King Diamond, one of the amazing guitarists. Fuck yeah. You, you, you get them all. That's the point. It's the dream. So you get yeah, all the of dream. these through their different eras. Such an insane backstage. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> between, between, but you'd have all of Cynic is there, but you're not having Cynic. <laughs> Fine, Cynic is to play. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> Cynic's there. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna try this just really, really fast because this is fucking <laughs> it's insane. Much. It's too much. It's the longest one ever. I'm gonna go super fast on it. We're in Milwaukee, right? It's your festival. It's a three night affair. We've got. Queen, we've got Metallica playing live shit, Binge and Purge era, and Pryor. If anything involves Dave Mustaine, he's there. He's playing. P.S. Freddie Mercury's not dead, and any members of these bands that we're talking about are not dead. If they are dead, they're back. Nine Inch Nails are playing with Alan and Josh Freese. On another day, we have... Wu-Tang playing and a second stage which has the extreme metal stage which we have Death playing Symbolic with Gene Hoagland with Sean Reiner we've got everyone they're just playing they're, they're playing more than Symbolic um, Cynic are also there they're yep. playing um, Watain are there Based Beast yep. they're there we've got Cannibal Corpse but they're playing Bleeding era stuff, but with George. Yep. Corpse Grinder. Deicide, Morbid Angel playing Covenant era. Suffocation playing Pierce from Within era. Obituary are there. There's another day for Gene Hoagland only bands. <laughs> we've got Strapping Unlad. We've got all of the death of Gene Hoagland. We've got Dark Angel. We've got all of that stuff on that day. Crossroads are catering. Yep. <laughs> the event. <laughs> The event of a fucking lifetime. Crossroads are catering. Um, and Five Elephants Coffee. Post-show, D&D party. Yep. Everyone from every band has their own little tables. Separate, on a separate table, we don't know what game they're playing, what, what, the, what the ins and outs are, but Chris Barnes is playing Dungeons and Dragons with Freddie Mercury, who is not dead. On your table, Andrew Hurley's table, the Dungeon Master is Trent Reznor. Mm -hmm. Andrew will be playing a ranger. Corpse Grinder is a barbarian. Eric from Watain is an evil dark elf mage 
chaotic magic, of course, and he's in his full stage show, yeah. stinking up, his stage clothes stinking all up, and ODB is there, and he's a bard, like a <laughs> fucked up bard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, and that's, that's your, that's your yeah. game, that's your festival. How long does the, the game of D&D last for? Six hours. Six hours. Yep. And after that six-hour game of D&D, you are going back to your old house that you used to live with the guys from Misery Signals down by the water. Yep. That's it. That's, that is the most insane festival anyone's ever done on here. Nice. I want to go, though. There's it's more. So <laughs> s- <laughs> <laughs> we haven't filled out the Wu-Tang stage yet. Fill I mean, it out. Fill it out. Nas. Go. Go. Oh, Nas wow. Illmatic era. Jesus. Uh, what else we got? Uh, see, I got to think about it. We got Gangstar. I gave so Guru you still heads up alive. to think about it. Um, Jeru the Damager. Oh, wow. That's a fucking record. Mm-hmm. What, um, I mean, I guess anything DJ Premier. I love his stuff with Royce, the 5'9". What's that called? Prime. Very sick. So they're there. <laughs> um... <laughs> Griselda Records or Griselda I guess what's the fucking budget for this <laughs> the budget for the scientific feats alone to get everyone back from the dead to the festival before you even factor in the guarantee how much do you well, let's, let's put it this way it's full like the ultimate good ver- I'm an anarchist but it's the ultimate full world communism, like the ultimate form where states have dissolved and ceased to exist. Hierarchies don't exist. Wait, is this so pu- everyone has everything. Everyone's this. taken care of. This. Like everything's good. This is the the found. This is the world we're living in at this point. This is why these technologies exist to bring these people from these specific eras back. This is why. You see I what I'm lo- saying? Yeah. This is why I want. <laughs> To get into Dungeons so and Dragons because I'm so down. The budget's meaningless. Because we've seized the means of production yes. here. We're just, everyone's just doing it because they love it. Yeah. Fuck. There it is. Some of these people I can't find, can't really see being on board with that. So yeah, <laughs> particularly the black, probably, but on the black metal stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. No, well, I, I feel, I heard, we played a, a sect played a, a, did a tour in Europe with Gust. They're kind of like D-beat-ish, I think. And they're from Sweden. And one of the guys knew Eric when he was younger. And apparently he was in like Young Communist League. Nice. Yeah, then they're not... He seems to be really cool and very specifically anti-fascist or anti-Nazi. I don't think he's like Antifa or anything. He probably doesn't like that shit. It's probably very apolitical. Yeah. But like... Yeah, they're definitely not one of the naughty I, ones. I don't, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think they hate the world, period, but I would imagine if the material conditions changed, maybe they wouldn't feel maybe. that way. Well, what In your fucking utopia festival, though, <laughs> what if they've lost their edge? Because everything's so good. <laughs> Why well, are they think, playing like a fucking maybe. really nice set? I feel like their, their fire burns eternally. They're finding something at the festival to complain about and write music about. And, well, the reason, too, that they get to headline is, first of all, it has to be nighttime when they're playing. Absolutely. not going to translate as cool because it's outdoors. Yeah. 
but second off, I want them to have the longest set they can and for it to be as like, you know, a cult, like as ritualistic, they have the time to light all this stuff. And like the stage is more insane than anything they could imagine having. It'd be sick. I love it. I've, it's it's crazy. That could be a d and D fucking campaign where you just yeah, make, make you fucking crazy festivals. <laughs> yeah, I would do it. That's why I'm I'm in I'm on board with D and D. Based on that alone, I saw your brain like ticking and just be like, no way I could do this. I love it. I think we're good. I think that's us. Yeah, we didn't plug so. anything. I don't want to plug anything. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care. I just I'm wanted good. wanted to hang out. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You. I can't wait to see you at your festival. I hope there's a little spare room for me at the yeah, uh, absolutely. at the little uh, boathouse. Um, <laughs> nice. Let's go. Thank you, mate. Thanks again. Yeah, of course. Enjoy your show tomorrow. I will do. Yeah. Wait, can I come? I haven't asked yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Fuck yeah, let's go.